Scripture says that God our Savior desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. But what is the truth? And how do we gain that knowledge? The answer to these questions and more in today's edition of Faith with Father. Living Bread Radio presents Faith with Father, a program aimed at teaching today's culture the truth about the Catholic faith. And now here's your host, Tim Perry. Hello, and welcome to this edition of Faith with Father. I'm your host, Tim Perry, and with me today in studio is Father Don Fite, Administrator of Little Flower Parish in Middle Branch. Welcome, Father. Hello, Tim. I'm glad to be with you today. Yeah, it's great to have you here. We're going to continue our discussion from the UCAT, the Youth Catechism of the Catholic Church, about what we believe as Catholics. And all this week, we're going to be talking about prayer. And today, we're going to talk about the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father. So uh, why don't you share with our listening audience the words of the Our Father, and then explain what each line means. All right. Let us pray. And perhaps our listeners might do it right where they are. With us, as we say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Probably, Tim, some listeners uh, who are Catholic might wonder, why did we put the doxology on the end? Uh, as many Christians do, every time they pray the Lord's Prayer, and we usually don't as Catholics. Uh, I used to think when I was a little boy there was something wrong with it that I shouldn't say that. But uh, as the Catechism explains, uh, this became an ending of the uh, Lord's Prayer very early in our liturgy, as early as the uh, first century, uh, second century. Uh, there's evidence of it being used in liturgy, so um, we're becoming more comfortable with using it in some settings. And uh, certainly in the Mass, even though we put another little prayer, we call it an embolism, in between that further explains deliver us from evil, it's good to say, God, your kingdom, your power, your glory is what we lift up now and forever. Amen. Okay. And, and in that prayer, it's the only prayer that Jesus uh, taught the disciples. That's right. Uh, they had, of course, uh, watched, as they said, other people like John the Baptist teaching people how to pray, so it was just natural that they, as they came to see how deeply and often and frequently and, and, and always Jesus was moving into prayer, uh, it was such a natural thing for them to say, Jesus, could you teach us that? Uh, how do you pray? And then he gave us this beautiful prayer. Yeah, there's many places in the Gospels where Jesus goes off to the desert or off to the mountains to be alone so that he can pray. That's right. Uh, he he uh, obviously felt a need to be in constant uh, communication and openness. And uh, so often prayer is not what we say, it's what we hear, what we listen to, even the silence in which God can speak to us. So in the, in the first line, when Jesus says, Our Father, he doesn't say, My Father. He says, Our Father. So again, he's uniting the body of, of Christ, the, the, uh, the church, his Father is our Father. That's right. And uh, it reminds us that we are, we are part of the body of Christ, huh? uh, and that our, our, we are never separate from our brothers and sisters. We're always praying in unity with each other as we come to the Lord. Huh? He's a Father to us all. 
So again, it also helps explain uh, to a certain degree the mystery of our faith that is the Trinity, three persons and one God. So again, we have the we have Jesus, of course, the second person. But now we're we're learning in in the New Testament. I don't think so much in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament, we're learning about the person of our Heavenly Father. That's right. Um, and that He is. We don't fully understand the Father without understanding that He is. He, that He generates the Son. Uh, he, he, the Son is begotten of Him, and uh, and then it's so great when Saint Paul says. That when we don't know how to pray, it's in the Spirit we pray. Huh? The Holy Spirit is the one who helped and prayed with Jesus to the Father, and He certainly the Spirit does the same with us. Mm-hmm. So then the next line says, "Hallowed be Thy name." And uh, we actually talked uh, recently about how sacred the name of God is, and we want to keep it that way always—a name that in Jewish. Uh, um, Bible talk, uh, terminology, uh, so often when the name really indicates not just the, the name, but the whole person, the very nature of the person that uh, we are. And in God's sense, we're saying, hallowed be the person of God, uh, all that God is. We want to acknowledge who he is, to praise him, uh, to give him our honor, and to promise to live according to the way he asks us to live, uh, to give God his due, our obedience. Okay. And again, when he's talking about his father in heaven, I remember when I was teaching my kids real young, I I used to always say, if there's only one thing you learn from your dad, remember that the whole goal of your life is to get to heaven. And the only way you can get to heaven is through Jesus Christ. So that was the one thing I I wanted him to have the eyes on the prize, which is eternal life in heaven. (laughs) You're a good father. Well, I don't know if my kids would agree, but yeah, I think they said now they do. Now that they're older, they realize I wasn't such a bad guy after all. But again, heaven is our ultimate goal. It's union uh, with God, and it's also union with our loved ones and the whole church in worshiping and praising God forever and ever. That's right. And I sometimes have people, uh, Tim, come to me and they'll, they'll ask a priest something they'd never say to you. They'll have a little experience that they feel is possibly from God. But how could this have been? Why would God favor me with this? A little sign that they felt a prayer was being answered, maybe about somebody who's, they love very much who's died, and they get some little sign uh, that somehow they're okay, and they feel it was a sign from God. Well, I often uh, remind them that heaven is where God is, and God is everywhere. So God is very much with us at all times. Uh, heaven isn't just a place somewhere way up above. Huh? We, we, ever since we've been little kids, I think when, if somebody asks you, where's heaven, you point upward. Uh, but we know it's not so much place as it is person, huh? uh, that heaven is the presence of God. And it's important to understand, too, that God is outside of time and space. So uh, time is different for us than it is for God and for, for heaven. That's right. So again, it's just it's just another reminder of that. Mm-hmm. So again, it talks about uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, and uh, those two go together, uh, just like uh, hand and glove, huh? Because the kingdom of God is the reign of God, the love of God, where everything is according to His will. Huh? So if you do the will of God, if His will is being done, then we're experiencing the kingdom. Wherever we don't do God's will, <laughs> we're experiencing sin. And that's the breaking of the kingdom or the fracturing of the kingdom's love and, and God's will. So um, 
to pray for the will of God to be done. Uh, the more we live that, the more we will experience the kingdom. I heard a real good sermon uh, this past week at our church. Uh, we're blessed with two priests, and uh, Father Joe and Father Mike. And Father Mike uh, made the point in this prayer of the Our Father that we need to pray for our will to be conformed to God's will. So that, especially when we're petitioning for something from God, it's not so much what we want, but we need to contemplate what does God want in our lives. That's right. Not so much what I want or what I think I want. That's probably a better way of saying it, what I think I want. But what does God want? Because he knows what's best. He can see the big picture. You and I, we can't see that big picture. That's right. But God can, and he knows what's best for us. So sometimes when we pray for something... We may not get it, or we don't get it in what we feel is a timely manner. And the thing is, God knows what he's doing. And, and when the, the right time is. I had a, a godfather, uh, my godfather Barney. He's now, I'm sure, with the Lord. But he suffered uh, paralysis from the chest down for most of his adult life. And uh, he used to believe that you know, if, he, if he believed enough, God would heal that, and he would walk again or dance again. He loved to do that. But uh, he and his wife prayed nightly for the restoration of his legs and his body. And uh, he finally broke one day and just started crying. He says, I, I, what's wrong, God? I, I believe so sincerely. Uh, why aren't you answering this prayer? And then he, God spoke to him. And he says, you know, Barney, I'll answer your prayer. You will walk again. You will dance again. But the timing is mine. And that's where he made the final surrender, to let the timing be God's. Barney died in a wheelchair. But, you know, he, he died believing he would dance again. So, uh, thy will be done. You're right. That's the, wasn't that the final prayer of Jesus in the garden? You know, despite all his desire to be free of that suffering that was about to begin, it was thy will be done. And on earth as it is in heaven. So, once again, just like uh, your godfather Barney, he had an imperfect body, and he actually suffered quite a bit. But in heaven, if we have our eyes on that prize, our bodies are going to be glorified That's right. and reunited with our souls. And we will be, well, St. Paul found it, uh, he didn't know what to say, except that it's <laughs> God's will then is going to be so well accomplished that we will be in the glory of, of the risen Jesus. But right now, let's get back to him. Doesn't the, the prayer begin to get very practical, too, in terms of this life? Give us this day our daily bread. Huh? And uh, so, you know, I suppose when we first learned that prayer as a child, as most of us did, we probably thought of the of the, of the the daily food we needed. Huh? And that's certainly one thing we're asking for with it. We, Jesus is teaching us to put our trust in God for even physical needs like that. But um, uh, I think, don't you agree that as we get older, we begin to see that there's something needed more. And so why did Jesus have to say to the Satan when he was tempting him, we don't live just on bread alone, huh? mm -hmm. but in every word that comes from, from, from the Lord. So uh, there's a, a spiritual bread that's needed as well that nurtures the spirit, and that's God's word. Huh? And, uh, if, and as Catholics, we get to experience receiving heavenly bread on a daily basis if we choose. Exactly. And so to me, uh, when I say that, uh, give us this day our daily bread, uh, can I be saying, Give us this day Holy Communion. 
Uh, so even if I'm not able to celebrate the Mass for whatever reason, uh, that I could still pray for unity with Jesus. I can make a spiritual communion to always be in, uh, in touch with the Jesus who is the very bread of life. And then it goes on to say, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So it sounds like our forgiveness from our Heavenly Father is dependent on how forgiving we are of others. That's right, and that's probably a, of all the lines in this prayer, nothing stops people more than this line. If you've been seriously hurt, if you've been a victim of a crime, uh, if somebody dear to you has, has molested you, or you know any, any of those terrible things that can happen to your children, for example, uh, people can just run into a brick wall right here and find it so hard to say this prayer. And sometimes we just have to say, just let Jesus pray it. You know, let him be the one who says it within you, I forgive. You know, when you can't yet say it with your, at least you feel like you can't, uh, let Jesus pray it. And um, it's, as he said, I, you know, the Father so wants to forgive us, but if we're holding back. That lack of forgiveness can eat us up inside, too, sure. by holding on to that yeah. and not letting go. And that's why he says, don't lead me into temptation, Lord, because, you know, I, I, I so need your help to be able to live the will that God has for me. So we need to be unconditionally forgiving and unconditionally loving. That's right. All right. We've been listening to Father Don fight as we go through the UCAT, the Youth Catechism of the Catholic Church, and we talk about prayer. And Today we talked about the Lord's Prayer. This has been Tim Perry, your host, reminding you that you're only one good confession away from receiving Jesus in the Eucharist. If you haven't been to church or confession for a while, now would be a great time. Until next time, God bless you. This has been Faith with Father, a production of Living Bread Radio in Canton, Ohio. For an audio archive of this program, log on to livingbreadradio.com and click on Faith with Father. If you have a question or comment about today's program, Email us at askfather at livingbreadradio.com. And join us again next time for another edition of Faith with Father.